Hey guys, I'm Adam Rapport, and this is the Bottom Teeth Foodcast. Uh, we are about halfway through summer, aka halfway through the best time of year to cook. Days go on forever. The produce is peak. And bonus, we've got Carla Lolly Music and our friend Gabe T back on to talk about what they're cooking this summer. And we will also be answering some listener questions. So thanks to all of you who filled up our inbox. We'll get to as many of them as we can. FYI, there are a couple of curse words that slipped out in this episode. So save it for later if you're listening with the kids. And now, let's do this. Carl, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. What are we talking Soup's about today? Ready. We're talking about summer because today, right now, as we record this, it is July 16th. We were originally going to call this podcast like Peak Summer Podcast, but yep. it's not even mid. It's not even midsummer. Summer yet. is officially over. Yeah, <laughs> July that's 16th. what I said. It's a wrap. And it is. It is literally over. The thing about where we are in July now is that the longest day already happened. Yeah, yep. but somebody, that, you know what that means? Mm. All of these days are shorter. However. However, <laughs> we still have tomatoes to look forward to. We still mm, have like peak season corn to look forward to. There's a lot of good stuff that hasn't even hit us in the Northeast as of yet. You know what happened to me about two weeks ago? We were at um, Bostwick's Chowder House on, on Route 27, <laughs> as, at, as one does. You're actually from Massachusetts. How would you pronounce that? Chowder. Bostwick's? Bo- <laughs> Bostwick's Chowder House. <laughs> and my sister-in-law, Jill, who is a very awesome person, shout out to Jill, we love Jill. She wanted to, you know, as usual, you have to wait two hours. You have too many Negronis while you're waiting. You're ravenous and kind of drunk. And some. And what and kind of chowder house has Negronis? <laughs> it's the, ha- the, it's the Hamptons, baby. <laughs> how it goes. So, you know, we're all ordering our different clams and chowders and lobster rolls and blah, mm. blah, blah. And she's, and she's like, and I'll have a, a piece of corn. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't get the corn. Mm, too early. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's too early. It's not local. She's like. She looks at me. And she, she looked at me with laser beam shot out of her eyes. She's like, "Oh, it's not local." Okay, I won't get the corn, dude. I, would, I she like killed me. I she, hate, she'll actually never let me live that down. I will say this: I, I hate to be like food snob guy, but this is a food podcast. I was at the IGA out on Long Island on Memorial Day weekend, so not even summer yet. Certainly not temperature wise. Mm. These like dudes and the girlfriends were like, "All right, first of all." They're picking over the grocery store corn that I'm like, that corn is not even remotely from around here or in season. It's tiny. And then the other guy's like, hey, babe, should we get a watermelon? I'm like, it's it's May 30th. What are you doing? It's like you, you, can't, ever- you can't rush summer. You got to let summer come to you. Have you ever seen a s'more end cap? I mean- Wait, what? Yeah, a yeah, st- totally. S'more end cap. <laughs> what, yeah. is that? what does that mean? Yep. That's when you walk into the- It's merchandising item. It's retail. Yeah, the end cap is like the big display at the end of the aisle, oh, you know? Oh, yes, When it's yes, like yes, one-stop yeah, totally. shop yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you just walk in oh, and, and, and it's got they're, everything you need. Yeah, the skewers, it's like the s'mores the... with all the stuff, yeah. but then there's also flip-flops and styrofoam mm. kind of like thingies and it's all right there. Yeah. 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 S'mores end cap. <laughs> Wow. Uh, okay, so today we're going to do a couple things. We're going to talk about what we've been cooking up or grilling or, you know, that sort of thing. And then we're going to take some listener questions. But first, Carl's busy writing down recipes for the listeners. Um, Carl, what, what have you been cooking? I do want to know. And I followed some of it on Instagram, and I have a question in particular. But I don't know if you want me to ask first or if you want to go first. I'll tell you what I've been cooking first. Mm-hmm. There's been, I got to say, a lot of chicken. So Ooh, much chicken already this chicken summer. Time now. I love chicken. And one of the things that has become a total family standard 
is not just chicken, but chicken and sausages. Yeah. So if anybody wants to grill chicken, then somebody else inevitably says, throw on a few sausages. sausages. And then we have chicken and sausages, which is like one of my favorite it's dinners. It's a classic Italian vibration. Is that, classic. Is that what... Or okay. Italian-American, it's, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I never can pronounce it, but is that what chicken scarp... Scarpariello. Scarpiello? I believe... It's got like yellow? chicken and sausage together. But that's maybe like some a peppers. whole saucy pan together, sauce yes. thing. This is like a Separate. grilling, outdoor, you know, grilling and chilling yeah. situation. And the reason I've really leaned into it this year is because um, I've been talking about this for a little while, but... The medium heat grilling oh. has really become my like happy place. Yeah, and that's good for chicken, bone and, in chicken, and, and sausage. sausages. Because if yep. the sausage is too hot, then you get those geysers of fat. Yeah, they just explode. Can Adam's I s- got his hand up. Hand up. That's code for I'm not interrupting, and yet I'm interrupting. <laughs> I totally am. Well, yes, but Emma's been telling me that a lot of listeners have been angry that I've been talking over people, and I'm just <laughs> and I'm trying to explain. I'm like, that's just what I do in regular life. Now, I'm sorry. They're, now yeah. they're angry. <laughs> They've been angry, but I'm just like, it's it's not like a podcast thing. It's just a regular life thing, and this is a pretty real life pod. Oh, so I was grilling this weekend, Carla, <laughs> and we had a bunch of friends over, and there was kids, and it was that whole situation. I'm like, well, we'll get hot dogs and hamburgers for the kids, and then we'll get something nicer for the parents. And yeah, yada, I heard you had a lot of people over. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. That's what. Yeah. Did you was, get a? No, I heard it was nice. <laughs> no, we let Gabe know that it was happening, but we didn't actually invite him. Anyways, because I, that... I don't have a car okay anyways i was at the market um <laughs> but you're you're buying all the stuff the ground beef this all that stuff and you're like oh there's like one of those parsley and cheese sausage wheels love a wheel and i threw that on the grill after we got the kids fed but before the adults were ready to eat and just like and it's right really, they're really thin they're probably like half inch in diameter the, the coil grills up like in seven minutes put it on a cutting board just chop it up a blob of Dijon mustard on the side. Sick. And you're just taking those little, you're just swabbing it Too through the good. Dijon. Does it come with the, with the, yeah. you a toothpick? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take those out. That Two comes ways. Out. But yeah. you grill it with that. You grill it with so it stays together and then you gotta remember to pull it out because as I learned, as you're trying to cut it, you're like, why isn't this cutting? Right. Because right. there's a big skewer in there. I love a parsley and cheese sausage. A sausage yeah. is like a, a kind spiral. of a, a good sausage is an easy go to. You've got barbecue kind of instantly. You yeah. don't right. have to. It's kind of a set and forget. And not really, but it's it's easier than doing a steak and getting it perfect. Yeah. Or it's internally raising, seasoned. Raising my hand this time. Um, also, Carla, what I liked about the wheel, the narrow sausage, you know it's going to cook all the way through. Right. So you can do it pretty quickly, and you're like, it's good and it's juicy. Whereas with the bigger Italian sausages, if I put them on uncooked, completely uncooked, I typically end up overcooking them because I'm worried, oh, it's I not done it's yet, it's not done yet. I think it's hard to overcook. No, they get crumbly if they have the right, If I've they had, have the right I'm amount of fat content, you, you'd have a hard time overcooking I'm still it. mastering the, like, not overcooking the sausage because of that same thing. You don't want it too pink in the middle. Yeah. But if you go too hot, then you're going to have, like, crumbly. blackage and splitting. And then the low and slow with a lot of, like, rolling it over and yeah. rolling it back over. I, I I really really enjoy it, and then uh, getting a few different varieties. The meat hook now incredible. They have packaged sausages. Did incredible. you know that they're yep. on Fresh Direct and Food Kick? So good. Can Very people, exciting. So the meat hook is a, a great butcher in Brooklyn. Um, can people outside of New York get them? Or no it, idea. No. In fact, that that that's going to factor into my grilling story from the summer. Okay. But we, I digress. Before, all right. So their cheeseburger sausage, so good. Um, Carl, I'm curious. You mentioned chicken. How are you preparing this chicken typically? Um, I like a bone-in thigh, but I also love wings. And then 
you know, a properly cooked chicken breast that still has the rib cage on mm-hmm. the back of it, so it's not fully. I yeah. like it all the ways, but if I had to choose one thing of grilled chicken to grill forever, it would be skin on bone and thighs. Yeah, seasoned or what so are you doing? So this weekend I didn't have a ton of time. I just did the old salt and pepper and figured, you know, I had a lot of flavorful. I had hot Italian sausage. I had a Serrano cheddar sausage. I had like a lot going on in the sausage department. So I made a salsa verde and kind of did like a sauce for after. So, but if I had had my druthers, I would have, I, what I wanted to do was make a paste of grated garlic, grated ginger, grated lemongrass. I was going to like get all those things together, a little olive oil. And then I was going to just put that all over the chicken. Cause that's another thing that's nice about the medium yeah cooking like you can do a paste like that that could potentially burn if you were going too hot and fast but it'll get like toasty and Mm. it'll get delicious Mm. and then rendery that's good you know how else i like to do it that i've done a few times with the leak type characters of the world is just take that take that whole chicken whack that bad boy in half so you have all of that surface area sort of flatten out those two halves and just do and just do them that way and then attack them with a large cleaver when you're done sure the the classic butterfly chicken yeah butterfly it up two halves grill them up real nice and then a a large cutting board and it's so satisfying to just destroy Mm. them with a large you need one of those good chinese cleavers cleavers. yeah Yeah, i've got one um, i've got like three of them you know i haven't done it in a while (laughs) yeah um but i love um jenny rosenstrack's blog uh dinner a love story um she's that sort of that indian-ish recipe shout out to priya um where it's just kind of like yogurt Ginger, maybe there's some turmeric in there, but you mm. sort of slather like the boneless chicken thighs with that sort of stuff, and then you grill it. But again, if you grill it over high heat, then the yogurt and everything kind of burns. But otherwise, it, that, right. that yogurt marinade tenderizer. And you is do that tangy. on a skin-on chicken. See, I, I feel like say, the yogurt's boneless, getting in my way. Boneless chicken thighs. Boneless skinless. Yeah, yeah. boneless The best grilled chicken that's going right now in in Brooklyn that you can actually get is uh-huh. that from that place, Chicks. Oh. And then a cow market. Yeah. Chicks Isan. I like that place. Yeah. Couple the, ch- people the grilled been chicken me to go is check out, that out of this world. It's crazy. It's cr- I don't know what he does to it. It's like a marinade and it's a three day situation. I don't know what he's doing. It's insane. We should get the recipe. Yes. So, Carlos, so you got like the mixed grill going. So, you got the chicken, the sausage. Both are cooking over the same type of heat. So, yeah. it's convenient that way. They can get done at more or less the same time. Yeah. Put it on a big platter or how are you serving this? Yeah, big platter. But, and, and or that, like sometimes the rim sheet tray that I bring yeah. out to the grill that's how it was just my sister and her her husband and my husband and you know I didn't have to get fall fancy with a platter no any favorite sides this summer so far um can you I mention besides one? the salsa verde that yeah, I made can I mention one please do on your Instagram at yeah Lolly, at, at what Lolly, I make at Lolly Music this gorgeous savory melon salad oh, yeah. with these chunks of just like buttery ripe cantaloupe sprinkled with like Aleppo pepper. There's some fresh you basil torn out. <laughs> speckled? I don't know. You uh, said schmickled. Olive oil, sea salt on this. That's not your sister's plate, is it? It's a No, it's no. a Heath platter, the but the, actually. The, the plate is kind of bluish. The, the melon's so orange. You've got the green basil and you can just like taste it. Thank but, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Savory summer melon salad. Page 88 of my book. Killer, I'm doing that. But um, what's the next thing But I'm it doing? has a little fish sauce. It's fish oh, sauce. Okay. So the dressing is just fish sauce, lime Too juice, good. salt, olive oil, a little MSG. Yeah. And Too good. Uh, torn herbs. 
herbs. But I would say with that recipe, I'm, I'm making this. What I like about this, it works really well. Yeah, it's is, sweet but savory. Melon's funny. It's a funky. I'm into that. I'm, yeah. I'm making that. But I'm I, gonna some, blow minds with that. I think. But I think what's cool about this is, and I love when we do this sort of thing in the magazine. It's it's as much of a idea as it is a recipe. Right. Like if you don't have fish sauce, fine. If, you know, add a little soy, whatever if you want to do. But it's the notion of like take really ripe melon and make it into a savory quote unquote salad. Totally. And yeah, you can whether it's lime juice or this or you could I, you could use and fresh grab mint the MSG fresh, that you have in your pantry yes. and just, and just go all the way. You know I, mean? I mean, I could have used but fresh mint use, instead of basil. Totally. And you could use watermelon if you yeah. didn't have cantaloupe or if you're a honeydew person or I could mix, do salon- mix I could do some cilantro. You could do some, yeah, I thought you were going to say I could do some salami. I was like, sure. Sure. That's, <laughs> that's, salami that's, that's on actually it? not a bad idea. Salty, because that's like salt, prosciutto, and melon. Right. There you go. You could do. No, I'm not doing it. Okay. I'm going to do it right the way it is. Cool. Um, so anyways, that yeah, that, that I, yeah, I saw that cold photo. Cold melon. The melon has to be cold. Oh, it's key. yes. Very and, key. And, and ripe. Yes. Like when you buy the melon at the market and you can smell it before you even cut into it. And it's kind of soft at the top of the cantaloupe. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Webbing. I learned a thing about the webbing. You know how like on a cantaloupe or honeydew, it has that webbing on the outside. Yeah. So there's the raised part, but then there's the surface part. So like look past the raised to the surface and that should be not very green. Like if it's okay. a cantaloupe, it should be white or orangey so patches. Green says it's still not ripe? Yeah. Gotcha. Not a cool tip. Yeah, weird. Gabe, you've been. Um, <laughs> are we talking about your Thai grill out the other night? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, man. I mean, I I haven't had the opportunity to do too much grilling this summer. It hasn't been that kind of a summer. But we did have a, a nice long week in Amagansett at the beach with a with a with a large Weber. And my my theme was was Thai grilling, because nothing loves grilled salty grilled meats like a fish saucy limey extremely spicy hot chili dipping sauce with um the added special ingredient that they that they put is the the toasted rice powder oh i go which crazy change, for which it changes literally the, go crazy the game. for it yeah it changes the game talk about it it changes the game so the night so the night market cookbook which you guys did a nice event here at ba yes shout um, out to chris shout who, out to chris he's who, great who made Perhaps the best fried chicken sandwiches ever in the history of ever. Yeah, with his with the flavor profiles in his book, you kind of can't miss if you just if you just follow the and and it, it's really gratifying. So the uh, so the the one thing I did was I went, actually went to Meat Hook. They make a Thai sausage there. Yes, an, I an had Isan it. Sausage that's really got good. lemongrass and lots of herbs and and uh, it's an incredible sausage. Um, just as you would have so, that kind of sausage is part of I think Northern Thai cuisine. So. Um, not having been to Thailand, disclaimer, but this is what I understand. <laughs> so I made a couple of recipes from that book, including uh, pork toro, which is a it, which is like a cured jowl mm. that is marinated and brushed with a, a mix of soy sauces, and it caramelizes on the grill. It's a really fatty piece of meat, right. but it has a sm- it has in and of itself sort of a smoky flavor. So you get kind of a bacony. Uh, mm. Situation uh, and it, you do it in sort of long strips and into that Where, into that dipping sauce, it makes people crazy. Really? Yeah, and you can execute it just like the restaurant. If you can go to somebody and say, "Hey, do you happen to have a pig head lying around? Would you mind cutting those jowls out for me?" <laughs> which which they will do. But right. you're but they're but you're doing the curing process. Yeah, yeah. it's a simple cure. Yeah. It's just like a it's like br- sorry a brine. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Um, it's a simple brine, salt and sugar brine, um, with white pepper, and 
Um, I did that alongside the sausages with heaps with 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 big bowls of incredibly fire fire crazy spicy dipping sauce Yum. and then um i did the crispy rice salad mm. the crispy rice salad is yeah. is a multi 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 step that's a, one of the signature dishes in the restaurant it's incredibly addictive it's incredibly hot spicy sour umami but there's like a sour thing and i don't even know how the combination of these ingredients creates this pl flavor profile, but it is insane. You have to take rice, Adam. <laughs> you have to dry it out. Oh yes. Then you have to take curry. You have to make a curry powder, a uh, curry paste. Paste. Massage every grain, grain of every rice. Grain. Every grain of rice. You have to make three cups of cooked rice, which is a uh, sorry, th three cups of raw rice, which is a lot of cooked rice. Massage every grain and then deep fry the rice. Oh my God. And then pull it out and then mix that into a salad with a dressing with all these crazy ingredients. But people go crazy for it. I'm telling <laughs> not you. That. Not kind of unlike the squirrel, Jessica Coslow. Yeah, that fried, but that was very herby. herby it didn't have a ton of these kinds of sweet sour spicy all this stuff hers has, you, hers has like shaved cauliflower and water right fresh more herbs. on the healthy tip but yeah. the texture yeah the texture is unbelievable and it is very herby like you 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 crush it at the end with a ton of lime a ton of fish sauce a ton of herbs a ton of cilantro onions spring on like four different kinds of onions you know just boom 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 sounds incredible yeah. gabe let me ask you a question peanuts mm. Peanut, yes um how many beers did you have over the course of this feast? We had we had a bunch of beers. Um, we were drinking Modelo's, mm. great beach beer. Love the beer. Um, and we were drinking some natty wines. Mm. We were which, drinking some, which, we were drinking you, some natty wines, you, which go which which you get at the restaurant. Yeah, if you go to Night Market, Chris has a, a great natural wine. Some selection. really chuggable, crushable, ice cold, out of the cooler. Big jugs, on, mags only, Adam. It's ma it's a mag summer. <laughs> mags only. Hashtag mags only. We need to get that tattoo. Mag summer. Mag summer 19. Yeah, mag summer. Okay. That's it. I like that. Can I talk about my grilled paella? Absolutely. Which I feel like I've been talking about a lot for the last several years, but I've not actually, we've never talked about it on the pod. Is that true? Yeah, weirdly huh. enough. Amazing. I talk about everything else. Have you ever, do you ever do that in your, you, so Carl, explain, have, explain your back, you, you built a. Yeah, if you work for the FDNY, just shut the radio yes. off now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Those people or are Or you gone. can come on over and or Carl will make over. you chicken and sausage. Yeah, so we have, uh, it's like a big outdoor fireplace is how I would describe it. Yep. It's like a hearth. Yeah. That has fire bricks in the bottom. It's like four foot by three foot. So nice kind of big rectangle. And then it has a dome over it, but it's it's an arch. It's not yeah. an actual dome like a pizza dome. And then it's open in the front. What do you call it? Uh, outdoor fireplace. Outdoor fireplace. Outdoor fireplace. Yeah. yeah. It's like a hearth. And a if grill. I'm being fancy. And, and then it's, we're right. So inside of it, I have like a real hodgepodge of fire bricks and cast iron pans and oven racks that I've turned into grill grates like a whole situation in there. Yeah, I had the pleasure of having of going to one of the parties at yes. your house having been invited. Mm. Um Adam. Adam was and, invited. Uh, yeah, yeah, having been invited <laughs> and it was fantastic. It's amazing when you invite people and they come and it's okay. delicious. Anyways, back to the paella. So I do not have an outdoor fireplace, but I do have a Weber out on Long Island and I have a someone gave me a Le Creuset paella pan years ago like when am i ever going to use this and all of a sudden like, oh and so it's that more heavyweight sort of le creuset and does material. it just live at the beat like it does it just kind of live yeah. out there yeah basically yeah. so it's as you know not a huge seafood guy but 
paella is like it's fun to make and that it's interactive mm. and it's actually i find it not hard so here's what i'm just gonna run through some steps and yeah. jump in when you want to tell us how to do so, it so i'm you can i'm whatever i'm just telling you how i do it i'm not a, at all authority i've never hey disclaimer never been to spain do you <laughs> huge do you huge. use the canal house we had a canal house grilled paella recipe that one had lobster in it didn't it It did yeah, it was no. like lobster and peas maybe no. but it as just mm. a kind of ratio like when i'm gonna do something like that mm. it's like how much rice? How much liquid a are we talking about? Like how much so, here's protein what I do. by so, weight? It's like a, you know, the pan's about probably 16 inches wide or so, maybe a little wider. Uh, what I do, so I lie fire, charcoal, um, put the grate on, and then I take three like brick-sized rocks and put them on the top of the grate because oh. I want to prop the round pan a bit higher over the fire because when you first put it on, that coals are still pretty hot. So to that, I'll throw a bunch of like pancetta in there, a little olive oil, and like one minced up onion. Mm. Let that all get all simmering so the the pancetta gets crispy or whatever pork product you got. Onion starts to get translucent. And then rice-wise, I mean, I know you're supposed to use the bamba rice if you can find it. I've used, last time I think I just used arborio, like Mm -hmm. risotto rice. And you just kind of pour it into the pan until it coats the pan. But it doesn't need to be like thick piled in there, but just enough to cover what's in there. Stir it up a little bit. And then I learned this from Eric Repair. He's a chef at this restaurant called Le Bernardin. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, uh, I think a big key to the success of good paella is a depth of flavor that you get through the stocks. So he used fish stock, um, chicken stock. I think he might have even had some squid stock or something in there, and then um, the sort of the juice from a canned tomatoes. Mm. You know what I mean? So you get the tomatoes, you press the the top down, and just strain out all that nice amber red juice mm-hmm. so you just start i just start swirling that in as it starts to cook and about halfway through so i was gonna do and so that the rice absorbs all that flavor um i bought some little night clams bought some like fluke that i just sliced up into like inch long pieces mm. uh bought some shrimp like two dozen shrimp little like, kind of medium sized uh and then i would just you start with the clams because they take a while and you just never know how long they're going to take so you sort of nestle them in there in a concentric circle, sort of facing upwards. Yeah, you did a very geometric, like all the clams were facing the same way. Yeah, so you face them up. I don't know. and it's, But you know what I had to realize, though? Like hinge down into the yes, heat. Yes, exactly. And, but what I realized, well, two things. So at some point, what I do is I pick up the pan, remove the rocks, and put it on the grill grate itself as the coals start to die down a little bit. So the rocks um, are really like acting as a heat diffuser. A buffer, it's yes. It's just like yeah. too hot. It I don't want the bottom to get burnt so put it down and then you're still adding some stock now and then if it's getting too dry and then what i realized though at some point i had to put the weber top on grates open because the clams can be very stingy yeah they just were at some point they're just not opening so you're like you know i gotta make that little oven put the top on but then stingy or stubborn stubborn thank you it's a difference (laughs) they weren't they weren't giving it up that's stingy yeah Yeah, and then and then uh, when you're ready to sort of nestle in the pieces of fish and the shrimp, that takes like no time churri? at all. Little churri? Yeah, Chorizo? no churri. He put pancetta. Well, the pancetta was in there already. No, churri. Yeah, no. I, I like churri because I like the smoky. Yeah, if you have chorizo, I'm, I would do that in the beginning with the onions. Either yeah. way. Was and there it, paprika at any anywhere involved? I, you know what we've done? We've done, You've um, done red peppers. We've, or, uh, saffron. Saffron. Pimenton. Saffron. Oh, saffron. And so, and so then you nestle in the, the fish, is so like the white fish and the shrimp cook in a few minutes. Right. And then to that, once those are almost done, you just pour in, I just had like Would you do scallops pe- in there? 
Oh, I did scallops. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bought scallops. Oh, I nice. forgot about that. I had gorgeous fresh bay scallops or whatever. Beautiful. Oh, and so I had the scallops nestled in there and then poured in the peas. Mm. I just used frozen peas. There's nothing wrong with frozen peas, are there? No. I don't think so. Yeah, it was no. fine. I don't even know where to get a fresh pea. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Honestly. So you pour those on top and then, like you said, if you just get the jarred red peppers, yeah. the pimenton or whatever you call those, and just slice them up and lay them on there and then you just bring the whole thing to the table. Herbs? Um, parsley? Yes, I did parsley just because I had it. And right. That's okay, right? I yeah, don't know if that's authentic. Was... You know what I did before, Love though? Parsley. The, what was even better is if you can get uh, fresh snap peas and then you sort of chiffonade those right. and then you sort of Ooh, shower that. Because yeah. they're a little crispy. Any yes. heat? Any chilies? Any not, heat? It's not a, paella is not a spicy thing. It's more okay. of a smoky. Yeah, it's, it's more, more a smoky. smoky yeah, thing. so the trees, though. And then you just bring the, and then whole, the grill. whole thing to the table and you can kind of. Fish around, fish around, get it in there. Like, oh, I want to get a couple of clams. I want the. How is your sokarat? Okay, so a little herbs at the end, like a little. I said just some parsley. Okay, yeah. Explain sokarat. Sokarat is the part of the rice that is almost burning, crisping at the bottom of the pan. That's what we want. So it's that crispy browned under layer. That's the bit we want. That's the best part. It's kind of prized. I mean, like they say, it's not paella if you don't have a soaker. Okay, well then. It's kind of like, you know, hollow without a braid. You know what I mean? Is it really hollow? What's up? This this time, oh, hollow. At least said hollow. Hollow. Uh, This time then I did not make paella because for some reason. You didn't get the crispy? And I think it was because I was, I was, I was feeding it so much stock that it stayed so moist and by the time I put it down on the grates itself, the fire wasn't that hot anymore because I was afraid of it burning. And I've gotten in the past, but uh, th- this time the rice was so damn flavorful. It was just every spoonful was Can great. We... The fish, the, everything, nothing was overcooked. That was this weekend? That was a couple weekends ago. Mm. Were so there? good. Nope. No. We weren't there. No. <laughs> um, can we back no. up a tiny yeah. bit about the stock yes. being so important? Purchased? Uh, Box? I had some good chicken Can? stock. What good, are we doing? I had some good chicken stock from Eight Hands, which is like one of the farms out there. No so, foe, baby. So yeah, but there's a you know a lot of good butchers. I'll go to Dixon's here in the city and get it. A lot of these good new school butchers. Who gives sell. you the good fish stock? So, fish stock was at Southhold Fish Market out okay. there. So I bought a jar of that. A can't uh, you know pint Acceptable, of that. Acceptable, right. Carla. Oh, I think yeah. it's great. I mean, yeah. it sounds like somebody made it. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. you, and it no. didn't come Not with from like a can. it no. wasn't in a no. you know box. But typically, no, no, you know, no, if you're, no, if you're no. going to, if you're lucky enough to live or have a house around a, a decent fish market, oftentimes a good fish market is going to have fish we'll stock. Have it. And if you can go to a good butcher, always, especially like I said, yeah. places like the Meat Hook or Dixon's or, or Eight Hands, they're going to yeah. have stock. They're not dummies. And, and they're I always throwing bones out. No, and I always when I go to a good butcher like that, I always end up buying. A pint or two of whatever stock they have and put it in the freezer because like that's what I did this time. I I'd had it in there for a couple Smart. months ago. Um, so, anyways, it was just delicious. It's fun to do. It's active without being complicated. You know, it's like a layered process. Yeah. Um, have 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 Emil and I talked about paella, Emma, on our rice content? I don't know if we've talked about paella. Oh, you know, the next Maybe that's is, what Sarah will go. Next weekend. <laughs> rice five zero. Rice five point I know. You that's and, a good one. You and Sam. Yeah, maybe that's what we'll do Ooh. next weekend. Out there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sam Cass, ladies and gentlemen, shout out. A lot of shout outs today. All right. So this all A, I want I want Thai feast. It's always the same. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Chicken and sausage. I just think that's like just can't whenever go I wrong. go to the market, just buy some sausage. Yeah, and you yeah, can just go, have them. Just have literally, them. Literally, you said it, it is very Italian American to have chicken and sausage, and yeah. that's like with my family pepper. root. Yeah, with the peppers. But then what 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 name a cuisine that isn't have a integral part of their cuisine and culture's sausage. Yeah, and I can't. I don't even want to. Everybody don't, don't eats want to name chicken them. around the world. Yeah. 
So like you could go in any flavor direction you wanted. Agree. I just it just doesn't. We it's should, just we should limitless. Do, we should. My, so good. Do a whole book on chicken no, and should, sausage. We should, we, we, we should at least do a feature in Bon Appetit on chicken, <laughs> chicken and sausage. Chicken and sausage. Uh, pretty sure you can come up with five recipes. And probably some pretty funny headlines. Yeah. We are now going to take questions. Brats and birds. From our callers. <laughs> Brats and birds. There's your head. Okay. Yeah. From, I'm, if I'm mispronouncing your name, listeners, I apologize. But Deandra, Deandra Parker, grilling fruit. What's up with that? Why is it a good idea? Who said it was a good and idea? Do we only grill stone fruit? Are we just gilding the grilling lily for aesthetics? Good question, Deandra. Do you grill fruit? Carla, I think it's sort of something we put in the magazine, but do any of us actually do it? It looks good. I just think it's just total bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> no, go, go for I'm it. saying it looks good on the pages of the magazine. Yeah. Why? The grill, the grill marks, marks on the peach? Okay, the one good. time it you guys was have good definitely had that. was a grilled peach that I didn't make. I never, I've never grilled a fruit. I've never grilled a fruit. I think grilled pineapple is, in theory, interesting because it's such a high sugar content. It gets caramelized. But you know what else I don't want? Like, after I've eaten an entirely grilled meal, I don't need grilled dessert. I think it's bullshit. You know I what I mean? I also just don't want hot fruit unless it's in a pie. Give me bullshit. a grilled pie. No. Um, <laughs> savory fruit, though. We just touched on savory fruit at the beginning of this pod. It's true. That is that is something that I've not mastered that I think is totally not bullshit. Right. I'm going to make that melon salad, and we're going to win, and we're not going to grill a thing. No. Right. And, oh, and hot question. grilled melon is like really bad news. Yeah. yeah Although the grilled pineapple, we did a really cool cook and cook like a pro, the whole grilled oh, pineapple. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That With was pretty cool. And then and made like a spicy salsa with it but then you cooled it back down again I but, but i will say this if you have a lot of grilled meats and if you have grilled veg also it's nice to just have some some fresh ripe fruit after like your melon i mean even grilling a tomato seems okay wrong next wrong. one Ugh, this one i have a lot to think about and say about this subject from brian sperling metal or wooden skewers mm. how tight Friends or loose, should it be kebabbed? How do you even spell kebab? <laughs> on the grates or over foil? Any tips for fish since it's so good on the grill but likes to fall apart? Everyone knows to double skewer veggies so they don't spin, right? Basting as you go. Now, no, Brian, I didn't know that. Now Brian's just showing Brian. up. Uh, that's the best way to do it. You double skewer them so then nothing, like with shrimp or whatever, oh. so they don't spin around. Best way to temp test meats and veggies on the same skewer? Never. What, if anything, can't I kebab? What should I kebab that I've never even thought to kebab? Oh Carla, go. This is like... Go. Definitely not definitely not metal. Can I chime in here? Yeah, please. Not metal. Oh, I love metal. Flat, metal skewer? Flat metal skewers? No. They yes. can be great, and yeah. they don't burn and fall apart. And, and then, not loose. Tight. Always tight. Well, the, tight, the meat, tight, tight. Yeah, that's why it keeps it juicy. But if you go to any good like Middle Eastern sort of joint, it's the flat skewers. So yeah. The, 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 the and thing. also, they're making... Swords. Yeah. And they're ke- when you make ground meat for a kebab, you pack it, but not too tight. Right? Because it's expanding. It's doing the same thing that a burger would do. I'm thinking like do. a yakitori situation where yeah. the, the meats are very compressed. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, that's so we did a big skewer story a few years ago, and that's sort of one obvious realization that it, whether you're in the Middle East, whether you're in Japan, this notion of like proteins going the skewer, vegetables going another one. But like whether you're doing right. lamb or pieces of chicken or pieces of beef, marinate them, glaze them, whatever, pack them all tight yeah, where did on that, a skewer. Where did that awful tradition of the of the, kaba- of the American kebab Ugh. with like the piece of ch- the chicken cube or the steak cube with just like 
a piece of <laughs> of green bell pepper and, and like it. three and petals of red onion doing and then and the yeah. mushroom don't forget the really dried the out mushroom who is doing it's that so, i still see those at some markets You're they like, just pre-package them yeah. right yeah, so it's the worst so that notion of like yeah put a bunch of boneless chicken thigh or lamb meat or whatever season it really well yeah. marinate it skin. and then you can grill that exactly to the temperature you want get it really crispy over yeah. high heat Glaze it as they do a yakitori style. Yeah, but you said packing it really tightly together. I like to leave a little breathing room in between my pieces of protein so they get crispy on all mm-hmm. sides. But then you might overcook that, them. I think that you oh, can. It's, I might, but you, you can preserve juiciness by pa- by packing them in close together. I also learned about the accordion fold. I got really oh. into that. Ooh, so yeah. into that. Big and time. there's a oh the one recipe. Well, I pulled too but but the coconut marinated short rib kebabs so good i think they're from two or three years ago total thin cut short ribs so really fatty very beefy and then over under over under over under with a delicious chili oil crushed peanut dipping sauce Mm. and a coconut marinade great what you just look at the picture you're gonna want them yum and then the scallops, I think when he said the double skewer, it really made me think oh. about the cover. scallops on the cover of our June issue where they're, the scallops are skewered, large, um, not bay scallops, yeah. but regular right. sea scallops with two skewers going through each of them so that when you turn them over, yeah. they don't spin around. The, and that had like a simple little mayonnaise with nori, some lime, yeah. really good. Our friend Sam, different Sam, uh, in mass every year, this is like the ultimate skewer for me, is Sam, who every year when we go to Gillette for the for a New England Patriots game, a bunch, a bunch of bros will get together and make one pilgrimage to Gillette and do the full Monty tailgate. And this guy, he's from Sierra Leone, and he makes this marin, he does chicken and beef skewers with the same crazy spicy peanut marinade so spicy mm. it'll blow the back of your head off <laughs> and when you're when it's free when it's freezing cold and and you're chugging beer and like tossing a football around to stay warm and you're about to watch the patriots beat whoever and you're just you're getting kind of tanked when he pulls those crazy spicy peanutty i don't i've never tasted this kind of incredible fragrant off of the skewer oh my god and Too good. Does he grill them in advance, or you're grilling? No, we grill them on a tiny hibachi right. in. The- <laughs> Which is hard to do in the cold. Yeah, the, this guy is a warrior. <laughs> He's a warrior. All right, we need his recipe too. Calling in a lot of recipes. Yeah, um, skewers. Yes, of course, and of course, our sambal chicken skewers. One of the all-time great VA recipes. One of your definite favorites. I, I do it all the time. And you love that grilled. There's a grilled bacon too. I did grilled bacon, and I did some video with it a few years back. It was. Part of this, I guess, the skewer article, but uh, buying really thick cut bacon like you get at Peter Luger's or something and doing that same threaded ribbon right. on a skewer, on, on the skewer, and then doing that over like medium heat because you will get flare ups, obviously. Flare ups galore. It gets super crispy, juicy on the inside, and you glaze it as you cook it. And then you kind of hit it oh, with some dude. some little uh, slivered scallions. Talking so about good. flare ups. When uh, getting back to that that uh, pork jowl, yeah, I was not prepared for the <laughs> kind of flare ups <laughs> that were going to happen. I didn't have the right tools. I singed every <laughs> hair <laughs> on my body. I didn't have the right tools. All of a sudden, there was like a a, vol- a molten volcano coming out of this Weber. <laughs> people were like, "Do we need to call someone?" And I'm just attacking it with like a tiny pair of uh, to- kitchen tongs. Unbelievable. And I'm like, Did yeah. you have a cold zone? Do you have a safety zone? I had yeah. no, there you wasn't had no a cold safety. zone in sight. <laughs> okay, Carla, non-grilling question yeah. from our friend Elizabeth Kowalski. 
Uh, how do I keep my leafy greens fresher longer? I love a good summer salad, but my spinach, you should never put spinach in a salad, parens and arugula and lettuce become wilted way too quickly. I can relate to that. I hate seeing my delicious spinach of yesterday become a limp mess overnight. What should I be doing? Okay, first of all, I hope that we're not talking about baby spinach because there's not a whole lot. Baby spinach has Let's just like, not talk about spinach. But she, ta- she mentioned she, spinach twice. Put, I know. I know just, don't, but, but I think saute it. Don't put it in Mature spinach might be like, if, if <laughs> that yeah. might be broader the problem. Spinach is not a Go with a, mature a it's spinach. Not a, it's not a salad. Okay. Green. Salad needs to be submerged in very cold water. So if you don't have a salad spinner, get online and get one now. We like the Xylus one that has the pulley top. Yeah. It's great. I just graduated from my pushy up and downy button one to the Xylus, and I'm 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 good with it. I'm okay with it. It was a big decision. Submerge in that bowl, very cold water. If the leaves are already a little wilty because maybe you brought them back from the farmer's market and they already had some time in the warmness, and you're like, ugh, I'm already a little concerned. Throw a few ice cubes. Yes, I've done that in that water. Love really it. cold. They have to be drained. They have to be very dry. So a lot of spinning, draining the water out, spinning again until there's no water left. And then I like to put them in a vegetable bag. A Ziploc bag is also great. Like if you have a, you know, big gallon size what's bag. A, what what's a, a vegetable, vegetable bag? Like the kind when you're at the grocery store and the kind you tear oh, yeah. off of the roll. Oh, like okay. vegetable, keep those, you know, you can reuse them, turn yeah, them inside out. Yeah, because I think those are very bad for the earth. Yeah, single use plastic Wait. is bad. Yeah. But, so what do you do with the vegetable bag? Then well, what? then I use, so then I have my clean dried lettuce and uh-huh. I put it back in the bag, press out the air. If I feel like there's any moisture, sometimes I'll put one half sheet of paper yes. towel. Just to absorb. Yeah. And then it has to go in the crisper drawer. The really best thing that you can do, actually. Does the crisper drawer crisp? It's more I feel like, like it's a just crisp. a drawer. <laughs> I, I mean, what like does it do? It's not a different temperature preventer. in there. Uh-huh. It, it has less, um, I don't know, it's her- more hermetic. It's like not hanging out with all the other stuff. Okay. Maybe less um, fluctuation because when you open the fridge door, it's still in its uh. thing. But the really best thing in the salad spinners are designed to be storage units. So if you have the real estate in your fridge, or maybe you have a two fridge household, put the dry Mm -hmm. lettuces back into the salad spinner, put the lid on it, and that is really the best way that you can store clean, dry lettuce. Fascinating. Also, no more baby arugula, no more baby spinach. Yeah, you know, I kind of like baby arugula. But pick a pick a green with. Integrity. So, Otherwise, oh what it's got nothing to give you. Can I ask you a question? What and I know I'm not supposed to use in the resealable plastic bags. Bad for the environment. But if you reuse them enough, then okay, that's good at least. There but, are also some you can buy that like are meant to be used thousands yeah. of times. But I, I always thought it was, I thought it's a good thing when you you wash, dry thoroughly, put them in there, and then press all the air out and seal them so they're almost like vacuum sealed. I think that works pretty well. That works well. I don't like yeah. to crush my lettuces. Yeah, that's true. Okay, what? Are good. Was that was that an actual was that a response to a question? Yeah, yeah, oh. that was a real live question. Too. All right, I want you to both answer this one. Gabe, I'm gonna start with you because you're like healthy, Gabe, these days. Oh yeah, I'm trying. What are good non-alcoholic summer drinks that what? aren't plain lemonade? <laughs> Asked Kasia Thomas. I think Kasia, Kasia. Well, first of all, I wouldn't Kasia. have too much lemonade because there's a ton of sugar in lemonade. I, I wouldn't even go that direction. First of all, we have, it's your friend, you know it, you love it, it's Pample Moose LaCroix. Oh. Go to it, frequent, <laughs> early and often. 
That's what I do. We go through about a case a day in my house. You know what I like? Also, the, those little mini, very slim Perrier cans no. with the watermelon flavor. No. Yeah, I do I love like a those. slim can. Yeah, stop I don't know what it's, it is. Kind of like it's kind of like the Virginia Slims of, yeah. uh, of of carbonated water. But it's only eight ounces. Summer, well, you know. Yeah, it's no, <laughs> no. Um, what do you, what do you, how are you going to put that in a koozie? How are you going to put the Slim Perrier <laughs> need, can in a koozie? We need it's like not a, happening. We need like a, a very like tapered silhouette koozie. No, no, we don't. Some fashion Prado will make them. You know what I like? You know what I really like? Not for NA Bev, when you feel like you want to have a Bev, is the good old fashioned bitters and soda with a health, with a oh. healthy squeeze of lime Bubs or lemon. Bits. Simone, I, I love it. Simone Schubach. I love it. I'm trying to do that a lot on the weeknights now when I'm trying to cut down on my consumption a little bit. Right. Um, and that'll get me through that that gets me through the night. Is Sunday a weeknight? Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> I have is. wait, can I That's bad is. news. That's what no. I need the most. But Friday is not. Can I have right. a, you know what I do? Well, I'm not on Gabe's sort of thing, but I a I, a lot of times on the the nights where I'm trying not to have a drink like last night, I'll do the I'll do the kombucha on ice like in a cocktail glass. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Because it's cool. fizzy, it kind of tastes like natural wine. It's it a, is a little alcoholic, a smidge, and a, a little smidge. and a lot a of sugar. sugar. Yeah, so I don't do too much, but um, I would rather drink on Sunday day afternoon and not drink than take that I'm off on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I can't. Like, I gotta get through Sunday. Same. We had a couple of brews on the beach. Yeah. Um, not on saying, Sunday. Yeah, not and we night cut, drinking. We cut it off. Early, like around four. Exactly. And I we were good to go. this Sunday, but whew, it's hard. Um, I would also say I, I, I do have like a little bit of lemonade and then a lot of club soda on ice. For, for people that don't know Mint. the bitters and soda situation, it's it's uh, well, what's the main brand of bitters? Um, that hey, showed uh, Angostura. That one. Angostura, Angostura. right? Yeah. Um, that it's at. Angostura. Angostura. That's readily available. Actually, less so now. You've, it's hard to find in supermarkets, really? weirdly enough. Yeah. I was like running around trying to look for it. Amazon.com also has it. Um, but that, like, and a, a couple of dashes, three or four dashes in a, in a large glass, um, fill it's it up nice with soda also. and lots of ice and a, and, a, and a healthy squeeze of lime. That is a delicious and a co- sort of cocktaily vibe. Um, also, if you're out with other, if you're with other people, like at a bar, you can order a Bubs and Bits, and it looks like yep. you're drinking a drink. So you, then you don't get all that attention that of like Bubs and Bits. I, that's what I call people it. People are like, dude, why aren't, yeah, yeah, then people are like why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking tonight? And then I'm you never have to like Bubs explain. And bits, <laughs> ever. You just said it twice. I'm, well, I'm never saying it again. <laughs> Carla, Will Derek wants to know. He, well, first of all, Will Derek wants us to know that he's been making a lot of ice cream this summer, which capital has been, S which summer, a, by the way, which has been good to share. But what can I do to take my homemade ice cream to the next level? When he says. Which has been good to share. Do you think he means share with others, or a fact that he's sharing with us? He's <laughs> share with others. Okay. Are you are you an ice cream person? Homemade ice cream. Person? I love ice cream. I don't have an ice cream maker. Mm-hmm. It takes up a lot of room, and you got to if you're going to give that kind of real estate, unless you're really into making ice cream, it's just I don't have that kind of kitchen. Yeah. I love fresh mint in an ice cream. If you're making homemade ice cream and you sort of, oh, yeah, and like a vanilla, yeah, like sort of mintifying your vanilla. I also love when people sort of stracciatella eyes. They drizzle the hot chocolate yeah. into the. Yeah, I maker. feel like you should have fielded this question. Well, I don't have an ice cream maker either. I've just been around people who have had it, who've right. had ones before. I don't know if I can yeah. answer this one. You have to find a good recipe that has a, a great base, and then I feel like you can do anything you want. I don't like the feeling of. I would say fresh fruit. Well, I think, but I don't like the feeling tri- of the f- the f- hard fruit in the ice cream. I think a trick that you can do to take it to the next level, that's very easy, is salt. 
Right. Sea salt. Interesting. Like Malden, really nice sea salt will work great with vanilla. It'll work great with caram with any kind of like salted caramel situation, any kind of peanut or chocolate vibe. I think if you're looking for a simple trick to wow guests with yeah. your homemade ice cream, sea salt. Great answer. Yeah. Or making your own homemade caramel sauce or chocolate sauce. Sure. Wait, don't you wait? Why do you have that chocolate sauce recipe there? Oh, well, I thought we were going to do a thing about the thing we haven't made yet. Oh well, no. Well, they were already there. Why don't you bring it up now? Is that an, is that a, a, a new issue? No, no an this old is issue. old. This is June 2016, and the recipe is BA's best hot fudge. And see, I feel like making your own hot fudge is a great trick for when you're buying ice cream, which oh. I really do recommend buying ice cream. So store bought ice cream. Store bought ice cream. Make your own hot fudge. But if you look, Derek's already like all over this homemade. Will Derek is all over this homemade ice cream situation if he wants to take it to the next level make your own hot fudge so and then you, you can that? stretch a tell of that yeah. or you can put it on top after it's pretty simple you make um, a mixture of heavy cream brown sugar and agave claire used agave in Ooh. this recipe it's key some recipes will say to use corn syrup agave honey they're all liquid um, states of sugar, which encourages the sugar to like get liquid as opposed to being crystallized, and oh, that's how you yeah, get yeah. that like very uh, glossy. Get liquid, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then you boil that until it hits 220, which is not quite softball stage, but is still a temperature where the sugar changes, and you throw off enough liquid that it's going to be stretchy and chewy at room temperature instead of. Because well, that's just the, the texture of wait, cream. What are we talking yeah. about? Hot fudge. Oh, Making okay. hot fudge. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember. I lost track. And then you add we chocolate to it. And I, then that then that makes the chocolate part. Because I remember as a kid, when I had actual hot fudge, I was like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And unlike what my mom would typically buy in the 1970s, were the cans of Hershey syrup. They came like in basically like a Campbell's tomato yeah. soup can. Yeah. And you take the little like the opener and the top and, and then I, they made it in the squeeze but bottles it, yeah but it was always really thin right and too bitter well, that's the difference between like making chocolate sauce and making hot fudge yeah, and hot that cooking you, cooking the sugar exactly so you could make like a ganache basically and pour that over ice cream but it's nah. not going to do the same nope. textural thing with the temperatures and stuff can i ask a question yeah. regarding textures and temperatures sure. what was the thing that used to instantly harden into a hard candy shell. Magic, chocolate shell. Magic Mag shell. Magic shell. Yeah, magic shell. And that's melted a, chocolate with coconut oil. That's all it is. You there, can, if you search magic shell online, it's like you melt chocolate in a in the microwave and add a certain amount of coconut oil. Something happens. Magic. When it hits the cold, it makes that shell. I'm but it runs very thin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like... That, that was good. Little, Magic yeah. Shell was incredible. That's Magic a good one. Shell is cool. Yeah. You can find, so it's BA's Best Hot Fudge, and you can make, it says you can make it two weeks ahead, cover and chill, um, reheat gently. Uh, this photo is amazing. It looks like some- Photo's incredible. It's like a Cars or Duran Duran album cover with like red nail polish and a cherry yeah. dripping. Turquoise and really yeah. blue. Uh, suggestive. Stephen Lewis shot it. But yeah, this is a keeper, this recipe. This is, and also, it's, you the know what? The thing is, I, lo I love this photo so much. This is one of my favorite spreads we ever did. I love the recipe. I love hot fudge. I have never made this. So this is the summer. I feel like I say that a lot. You're say not making a lot that. Of... I, I guarantee when we get back, you're not making that. I guarantee. I will have made the melon thing, but you will not have made that. 
Okay, well, you know maybe it's like every February I say I'm going to learn how to do sourdough bread, and every February I'm like, no, I'm not. You know this month is too short. You know what you do though? You email. It's like this. saying you're going to make cassoulet. Yeah, I'm I not making it. I did that. I know you did. Yes, I <laughs> we talked about it. But you email this to your friend who loves to make dessert, right? And then they can bring it to your house in a little mason jar. Yeah, my there friend uh, Will Derek. Yeah, Will Derek. For Check example, Will is getting a lot of run on this pod. Okay. BA's best hot fudge. Gabe, we'll see you in a couple weeks That's at it? Sam's Grill. Yeah, we got to get going, man. Uh, Gabe, Carl, thanks for this midsummer pod. Always fun. It was fun. See you guys. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wartsman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.